Always a pleasure to say good morning to Lisa Raitt, former federal cabinet minister. She's on the morning brief today. Lisa, nice to have you. Good morning, John. And you were listening yesterday when I referenced your husband and your experiences. And, you know, without getting too deep into the personal, the question I was deliberating at the time, and as you know, my dad dealt with dementia, was how, you know, do you lie to somebody with dementia? Do you defer? Do you uh, allow them to, to live in whatever world they're living in? And I'm all for that. Absolutely. And, you know, but, you know, that is a burning question for a lot of folks who feel that being duplicitous in their mind isn't the way to go. But the adage has to be go where they are, live where they live. And if it's in a different world at a different time, that's where you are, because their emotions are very important and their emotions control their behavior. Yeah. And, and I would go and visit my dad and some days I'd realize he thought I was my brother. Some days he thought I was his brother. Uh, he would continue to believe that my mother was alive. And, you know, I just rolled with it. Whatever, whatever he presented, I went with. Absolutely. Bruce doesn't know who I am anymore, John. And, oh. it, you know, it, it hurts, but that's a reality. He, when I walk in, he smiles because I get my presence gives him a positive feeling. He doesn't know what the positive feeling is. But there'll be a point in time when there's just no recognition in his eyes at all. And I accept that. That's this crappy disease. Yeah. Well, and again, we'll move into the news items. But I want to come back to my favorite quote of all time is Sister Helen Prejean, who says, the greatest gift you can give is your presence. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's take a look at some of the day's big news. One of them would be this uh, report for the city of Toronto, which is proposing all kinds of new taxes. Um, I, I don't, maybe I haven't read it carefully enough, but I don't see any proposals for how to cut spending. That's a tough one, right? When you have a gap, you got two options. You can either increase revenues or you can decrease expenses. And I think um, a lot of folks want to see both tools on the table or at least an attempt at it. And you see that happening federally right now with the federal liberals, with Christia Freeland saying the taps are turned off and Anita Nunn saying, I want 15 billion in cuts, ministers, and they better be forthcoming. And that kind of language in politics is very clear in order to make sure that you're doing all you can as a spending government to trim what you have created in terms of of, of a system or bureaucracy. Um, but none of this stuff is new, John. We've been we've been in this discussion before. And I think though we are at a point where you have to seriously take a look at what the city of Toronto is asking for and making the determination of whether or not you're going to let them have more tools or not have more tools. Um, but boy, some of them are, are going to have great impacts on the economy without a question. Are you of a mind that it's time for us to stop always begging Queens Park and the feds for money that we just need to pay our own bills? I what I like to see is some other ideas, you know, some more creativity. And I don't know if there is the possible for creativity, but I can tell you that there is one area that nobody ever mentions that both orders of government provincial and federal are very much aware of. And that is those developer billions of dollars sitting that haven't been touched that are in trust, that are earning interest, that does go back into the system. So that will be a question. It'll be, well, you're saying you need more revenue tools, you need more money. What about all this stuff over here that you're sitting on? Mm -hmm. And there's a discussion around that. 
Uh, Doug Ford apparently is not in favor of firing the housing minister's chief of staff, who's the guy who made all the decisions about the green belt. I always thought that would be kind of an easy solution and an easy fix, you know, one head on a platter and away you go. Super interesting, isn't it? Um, and it really just does come down to the style of leadership. Uh, Justin Trudeau, you will, you can see, is is ruthless when it comes to this kind of thing. It may take him a while, but eventually he does move his cabinet around and he does, in fact, make the changes that are being asked for from the public. And um, this is the first time that I think Premier Ford has been really tested and he's decided to err on this side of of the ledger. What happens with the integrity commissioner, though, and whether or not there's been any breaches of the Public Service Act, completely different ballgame. And maybe they're waiting for that other report to come out. What do you make of, I mean, you served in the federal government, um, that Canada is coming up with a game plan should the Americans take a far-right authoritarian shift? And I'm, you know, obviously the unspoken thing here is the idea is that Donald Trump gets reelected. There's no game plan. This is a political plan. And it's a brilliant political plan at that. I mean, why wouldn't you want to run in 2025 on the notion that the, um, the this current liberal government is the government that knows how to, quote, deal with a Trump administration? Therefore, we're the right people to do it. Now, I mean, a lot of things have to fall into place for them to successfully run on that kind of a of a platform, but certainly bringing in the specter of, of a Donald Trump administration again does seem to want to point to the liberals saying, well, we did it before, we can do it again, and don't trust this Pierre Polyev because he's going to be close to them in his far-right assertions, which are really baseless, in my, in my humble opinion. Um, this whole notion of labeling him as far-right and being close to Donald Trump is nothing more than a political tactic. You now work in the corporate world. So what do you make of an idea that businesses should actually pay for employees lunch? Because it would just be, well, I mean, I guess it would just be nice. What? Yeah, of all the, of all the articles you guys sent me, that one really stumped me. Didn't uh -huh. quite know what to say. You know what? I, I think a lot of people would prefer that companies help subsidize transportation costs, quite frankly, you know the cost of the GO train, the cost of the TTC, which equally does help the economy. It doesn't help small business directly, but it does help our transportation systems uh, in a very direct way. And maybe it helps uh, the downtown businesses indirectly by getting more people into work. And actually, let's go back to the federal government and your thoughts on apparently there's a bit of a restive caucus in Ottawa. The Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, maybe his time is running out. Well, here's the big secret that no one talks about. Um, there's a website out there called 338.com, yeah. I think. Everybody reads it. Everybody has it on their phone determining whether or not how close they are to losing their seat. And quite frankly, these are really good jobs. Not quite frankly. It's the best job I ever had. I love being a member of parliament. You don't want to lose this job, quite frankly. So if you start seeing your percentage of possible winning that seat slip away, you're going to think about Kathleen Wynne and you're going to think about what happened to the Ontario Liberals and you're going to be concerned. And that concern is going to make you vocalize that, uh, look, can we do something over here? Because I think we're going on the wrong path. And it happens during the summer because people are in their own constituencies. But all I could say to the Liberal MPs who are worried now, it's going to get a heck of a lot worse, folks. So hang on for the ride. Well, I mean, the big question will always be who could take over. And uh, I don't think Christia Freeland actually wants the job. 
again, I think any MP worth their salt wants to be prime minister one day and thinks they should be prime minister one day because there's that built in ambition. Right. But so you don't know whether or not, given the right circumstances, anybody in particular would want to take the take that opportunity and and they may end up running. But um, I think we've been given a very clear signal from the prime minister and his team that he ain't going anywhere. So this is this is the this is the um, this is the team you got going into the next election. I would I don't know what, what Tom Mulcair is saying, but I really don't see an election till 25. I don't see a 24 election. And I see a lot of the MPs getting rocked and rolled in their home constituencies, in their Tim Hortons, on their main streets over things that are happening. And it's going to be uncomfortable for them. So they're going to go back and, and complain to a reporter with a recorder. And that's what's going to happen over and over again. Thanks a lot for this. Wonderful to have you this morning. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Former federal cabinet minister Lisa Raid on the morning brief.